Hello and welcome to Conversations with My Conservative Dead Father, a podcast of the exact email exchanges my father and I had the year before he died. I'm your host, Jonathan Grossman. And I'm your co-host, Michael Grossman. Yes, an AI-generated clone of my actual voice. On today's episode, we discuss the proverbial rabbit hole. Has America gone crazy? A few years ago, there was a letter posted by conservative radio talk show host Joyce Kaufman, which stated that she felt like she was in the twilight zone, or in current terms, the upside down. Her letter had a decidedly right-wing bend to it and made some valid points, but it also made some wildly crazy assumptions and statements. Didn't sound crazy to me at all. I think that's actually the point here. Just want to make sure the people know there are truly two sides here. Yeah, we know you're here. Thanks for the reminder, Mr. AI-generated clone of Michael Grossman. Thank you. You may continue. (laughs) So, some thought it was crazy. However, it clearly and succinctly represented the confusion that many right-wing Americans were feeling at the time, and probably are still feeling. Pops and I saw it as an opportunity for discussion. Frankly, I was surprised by my reaction to some of the statements. Some were way off the rails, but a few I kind of saw where they were coming from, and dare I say, agreed? Heresy. Son, you call yourself a liberal, but you might be more of a libertarian. Frankly, I kind of lean that way a bit as well. So you've told me. And yes, I might be a libocrat? Did I just make up a new party? If you did, it's quite awful. Why the hate? Sorry. At my age, I have no time for playing nice-nice just to please another person's ego. Uh, Pops, are you implying that at some point earlier in your life you ever played nice-nice? Fair. And balanced? Don't push it. Okay. Shall we get to it? Yep. Let's stir the pot. There are moments now when I feel like I have fallen down the rabbit hole, and any minute I will snap my head open my eyes, and everything will be normal again. Now, that really is a wild dream. I have always respected the fact that you not only have a keen mind, but you are willing to carry on civil discourse with people who hold views that are anathema to you. By the way, for those who are ignorant and bandy about the term free speech, yet have no concept what that means... The First Amendment was designed to ensure that the public discourse would be open to the expression of all kinds of ideas and views, no matter how much you or I might disagree with them. There was a time when most people felt that way. There was a time when young college-age people fought hard to establish the concept that all views are to be heard. Sadly, that seems to have disappeared, and a new ethic replaced it that demands adherence to a set way of thinking or be subjected to ridicule, punishment, jail, civil liability, vile, verbal attack, destruction of your property, loss of your career, and physical violence. It comes primarily from a group of people who at one time called themselves liberals, but who are anything but liberal. It comes from people who have become more rigid and intolerant of alternative ways of thinking than some monolithic dictatorships that have come and gone. It is why I fear so much for the future of our country. The following was sent to me by a friend and was posted by a radio talk show host in Florida by the name of Joyce Kaufman. 
Pops, I love our conversations because it's an incredible reminder of what our government should be doing during these splinter times. Listen, listen, listen. Process, then talk, knowing that the other side will respectfully do the same. To me, this is the essence of what we have lost. Getting to the article, I have a very strong visceral reaction to some of the points made, both positively and negatively. It sometimes takes me by surprise when I resoundingly agree with points made by a well-spoken conservative. It questions my own personal view, but then I remind myself of the point you make. I'm a liberal. I am open-minded. And even though the other side mostly stands in opposition to my point of view, not everything they say is disagreeable. A meta example of this, which I discussed with Lori and the kids, was while I find Pence to be incredibly dull, unqualified, and mostly inept, he made an excellent response in the VP debate to the eighth grader who asked why there is so much turmoil and fighting in the government. His response was to treat each other with kindness and respect. Well stated, Mike Pence. You're not completely useless. Unfortunately, I'm not sure the person occupying the White House lives by the same credo. And this is where the conversation gets both gray, as in murky waters, and hot, as in, oh shit, here we go. For me, it comes down to priorities. Many of the points made by this letter, reposted by Joyce Kaufman, are well stated, well argued, and frankly hard to refute. But some of them are completely off the rails. So while I may agree with 70% of them, the 30% I disagree with holds more weight and therefore tips the scale. I'll illustrate this below by taking each point. They will be rank-based, so the ones at the top hold more weight, trumping what comes below it. I imagine this will illustrate why I'm a bit more liberal than you are. Not because I disagree with what you or Joyce Kaufman are saying, but because I prioritize it differently. This is where the crux of the problem and solution lies. We need to demonstrate nuance in our society and understand that if we illustrate our population with a Venn diagram, there is way more overlap than we think. Let's also consider the topics in the article, which I'll list in order of priority for me. First, healthcare. Second, abortion. Third, LGBTQ plus rights. Fourth, immigration. Fifth, racism. Sixth, Justice System, 7th, Social Historical Accountability. Okay, this is Jonathan in Current Day, not part of the emails, and I'm just going to jump in here because I want to just say something. For the purpose of the podcast, I'm going to have Dad read the quotes from the letter by the conservative, and then I'll read my email responses. To be clear, he never said these things and never came out and said he agreed with all of them. Again, he was socially liberal and had told me many times on different occasions as much. I'm only having his voice read these for the purpose of the podcast presentation. Okay, here we go. Disclaimer. I never said these statements. Yeah, I just said that. But I didn't say it. Technically, you still didn't say it. What is this? Abbott and Costello? <laughs> okay, all right. Let's do this. We have become a nation that has lost its collective mind. Scary true. If a dude pretends to be a woman, you are required to pretend with him. 100% silly argument. It's implying that this person is in a costume and this is Halloween. 
comes down to respect. You address a general dressed in uniform as sir. A judge is a judge. A man is a mister. A woman is Mrs. Miss and Ms. Yes, it's confusing with gender. Yes, I constantly get corrected by Owen. It's also the way the world is. I understand it's difficult. Grow up. Killing murderers is wrong, but killing innocent babies is right. Again, deal breaker. As someone whose girlfriend in college had an abortion, oof, did I just say that? Okay, everyone knows now. I can't imagine how different my life would be with a 30-year-old child right now. Pro-lifers are asking us to only see it in their way while also preaching free speech. You can't have it both ways. $5 billion for border security is too expensive, but $1.5 trillion for free health care is not. We are the richest country in the world. Our president touts his recovery from COVID because of the great health care that is ironically paid for by the very people whose health care he is attempting to limit. I mean, shit, of all things, let's keep our people healthy. But let's also decide who gets it, which leads to the next one below. Immigrants with tuberculosis and polio are welcome, but you'd better be able to prove your dog is vaccinated. Okay, this one is effing insane. We can't allow everyone in and then offer them free health care. This one, I agree. It's just too taxing on the system. It's such a big, confusing boondoggle. We have to have limits. They have to be fair. We just need to figure this out. Irish doctors and German engineers who want to immigrate to the U.S. must go through a rigorous vetting process. But any illiterate gangbangers who jump the southern fence are welcome. Okay, this is a little bit generalized and sensationalized. I understand where they're coming from, and there needs to be limits, of course. And it's crazy to spend so much of our money and resources on people who are not deserving of them when they should be going to people that are deserving of them. But we need to parse the information fairly, and that statement is not doing that. Criminals are caught and released to hurt more people, But stopping them is bad because it's a violation of their rights. Yes, they have some rights, but not the same ones law-abiding citizens do. There are a ton of systemic problems with our capitalist style of incarceration, given that people are getting rich by imprisoning people. Money corrupts our judgment. That said, criminals, and by this I mean high-crime bastards, not pot dealers, have given up rights by being assholes. People who say there is no such thing as gender are demanding a female president. Okay, big sigh here. Confusing the issue. Not everyone who says this identifies as non-gender or non-binary. And those that identify in that category are such a small subset of society that their vote alone wouldn't push the needle. This comment is both genderist and misogynistic. The comment implies multiple genders aren't a thing and that your vote is only somehow valid if you vote for your own gender and probably race, affiliation, etc. It's a totally stupid comment and I've already spent too much time on it right now. That said, please watch this clip by Dave Chappelle that makes fun of this issue in a way more sophisticated manner than anyone I have talked to. He's a genius. Yes, he is totally controversial And by my condoning him, I'm probably enraging so many of my fellow liberals. But we all have to stay open-minded, and Chappelle brings up some interesting points of view. 
I have been confused by the hostility of family and friends. I'm not confused at all. People are so worn down by the work it takes to hear the other side, they have given up and just given in to yelling. Again, this is the true problem. And the current person in the White House is only proliferating this nonsense. My real reason for wanting him gone is because his mere presence promotes negativity, conflict, and chaos. In fact, that's his specialty. I look at people I have known all my life so hate-filled that they agree with opinions they would never express as their own. Nope. Doesn't surprise me at all. It's sad and true. We see other countries going socialist and collapsing, but it seems like a great plan to us. Well, if you think hitting a tennis ball makes you a tennis player, then sure, I agree. But flying a plane once doesn't make you a pilot, and having socialized medicine doesn't make you a socialized country. Come on, people. It's not all or nothing. Let's keep the free market where it works, which is in most areas of our economy, and socialize the parts that stink. Granted, the government has not proven it's good at managing business or money, but I am at my wit's end with the recklessness of the healthcare and pharmaceutical industries. Can it be worse? Of course it can. But let's give it a try. Instead of pointing to higher taxes and long waiting periods for medical care, let's point to overall health of the population of those countries that have socialized medicine. Other than healthcare, capitalism all the way. Or at least the bastardized version of capitalism that exists in our country where one of the main tenets, free exchange of all information, is not in any way honored, thereby giving those in the know the best, quote, capitalist opportunities. Somehow, it's un-American for the census to count how many Americans are in America. Immigration regulation is a problem. However, none of us are just Americans. How many generations of living in America qualifies you as an American? Is Melania American? Was Trump's dad an American? Is Schwarzenegger an American? How about the Kennedys? People illegally crossing the border are not Americans, sure. But let's realize that there are millions of legal immigrants who support our economy and deserve to be counted. Let's be clear on the definition. I know you mentioned that language is one of the things that unites a country. Trump's father, Fred, was raised speaking German and was often reluctant to speak publicly because of his German accent and imperfect English. Hmm. Doesn't speak great English, but born in America. American? If not, then are his progeny American? Hmm. If not, can the man occupying the White House be an American? Listen. Obviously, he is. I do not follow this train of thought. Of course, he is an American. Might also be part alien. Sorry, I couldn't resist. Just making a point here, even if it may be a little bit of a silly one, we just need to come up with a clear definition. It's that definition that will help guide the rest of the decisions. Universities that advocate equality discriminate against Asian Americans in favor of African Americans. Complete stupidity. Racism, discrimination, reverse discrimination, i.e. affirmative action, they're all a problem. People who have never been to college should pay the debts of college students who took out huge loans for their degrees. 
certainly a problem. However, the bigger one would be hardworking people who don't take huge risks on big loans, paying the debts for companies that did take huge risks with big loans. You can't have it both ways. If it's capitalism all the way, then let the risky banks die on their own sword, or at least have the crooks who ran those scams lose their rights and go to jail. Still haven't seen any true justice for the criminals of 2007, have we? Somehow they get to keep their rights when their injustices arguably do way more harm than a local gangbanger. Murder is completely awful, and justice should be served for that. I'm not advocating for gangbangers. I also think justice should be served for the manipulation of the market resulting in essentially the theft of a pension fund of millions of now poor, underinsured, and underrepresented workers. Let's steal their money, limit their health care, and invest in companies that jack up prices on their prescriptions. Capitalism! Rah, rah, rah! If you cheat to get into college, you go to prison. But if you cheat to get into the country, you go to college for free. Yes, the way it's being described there in that sentence is completely stupid. Um, I'm not exactly sure that that's the way it works, though. And pointing out all this hypocrisy somehow makes us racists? Free speech. It's not just what you say, it's how you say it, and also how it is framed within your other points of view. Complicated issue. Some people are held responsible for things that happened before they were born and other people are not held responsible for what they are doing right now. Yeah, this one is also complicated. Uh, On the face of it, I would say it's complete overreach. Nothing makes sense anymore. No values, no morals, no civility, and people are dying of a Chinese virus. But it is racist to refer to it as Chinese, even though it began in China. Well... It was called the Spanish flu back in the early 1900s, and no one said boo then. I think it has to do with context. Trump says so many things that dance around racist issues that he doesn't have the latitude to make this fly. Now, anyone that says it is thought to be quoting Trump and falls into the same mud. By the way, the whole what you can't say anymore list has gotten so long I can't keep track. Can't we have an acclimation period, people? I find myself asking Owen if I'm saying LGBTQ plus terms correctly, and half the time I get it wrong. But I mean nothing by it. You know, Owen, he gets it and doesn't pass judgment because he trusts my point of view. And that's the issue. Trust in the intent of goodness, not the vernacular. And that, my father, is the systemic issue. We no longer have the faith or trust that the other team is playing fairly and in the interest of the greater good. A++++. You really hit two fundamental points and explain them beautifully. Quite fittingly... The first is at the very beginning, and the latter is at the very end of your well-constructed essay. Your observation that we agree on more points than we differ, but clash when it comes to priorities, is, if I may say so, brilliant and incisive. And your summing-up statement that we have lost trust in each other is likewise pithy, thought-provoking, and sadly true. I agree with most of your points. Obviously, my prioritization list would be substantially different. That ought not cause any disrespect or ill will between us, and it doesn't. Like I said, I enjoy discussing with you because you are open and brilliant. I avoid any political conversation with most people today because all too often what starts off on an issue quickly becomes an assault on personality. I dislike the latter. I despise it. 
I find it the refuge of the most intolerant minds. That is bigotry, in my opinion. So there you are. I am an example of what happens when one loses trust in one's fellow person. Conversations with my conservative dead father is hosted by Jonathan Grossman and me, Michael Grossman. The show is produced and recorded by Night Shift Audio, AI-generated voice and voice cloning by the Play HT engine. Main title music by Dogwood Moon. Please encourage everyone to have conversations with people of varying points of view. Listen, learn, most importantly, keep an open heart and an open mind. Thanks for listening.